Big Sloth. It's over, Anakin! I have the high ground! You underestimate my power! Don't try it! Chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this sin, not join them! Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness! I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Lining Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and look for a silver lining. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, and we, we're, we're finishing our trilogy. We, we have been spending the month of May uh, visiting the Star Wars prequels, uh, and we mercifully have reached the end of them. Yes, we are to episode three. The Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, written and directed by Mr. George Lucas. Uh, the one and only. The one and only. Uh, and I'm just going to go out. I'm going to throw this out. Maybe this is a curveball right here in the beginning, or maybe it bodes well right in the beginning. But ha- after having rewatched those previous two, man, this felt like a day in the park. Like, I... <laughs> The silver lining from the get-go might be that it's not Attack of the Clones, honestly. Yeah, it's, um, this is frequently cited as uh, the favorite of the prequels. Um, I disagree. I really hate this movie. Oh, well, this would be a fun conversation because I feel like we've been on the same page for the past two. I would um, be solidly in the camp of it is the best of the prequels. Uh, I think... If you, I think just from a stand, I, 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 I like Phantom Menace better. I, to me, like it's close. I, I, I to me, it's not really close. I gotta be honest. Like that's fair. Because fan, like so. Here's my deal that I've I found uh re- because that was my memories that I liked this one the best. And look, like, I mean, let's be clear. This is tallest leprechaun territory. Like when I'm saying the yeah. best, I don't mean that it's good. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, it's the most watchable of the three films because the thing that it kept hitting me and the thing that I, I feel like I've brought up a lot in the, the past two shows is that objectively interesting things happen in the previous two movies and they are just lifeless on the screen. Like nothing that's happening feels big. Like if you're like Padme is almost assassinated uh, in an explosion or like the killer snakes are, are unleashed in her bedroom. Like all of those sound like things that should be fun to watch, but they're not at all. Yeah. But so this movie, it's fun to watch. Like George Lucas woke up for this one. I think he remembered that he can make movies that are good. <laughs> uh, I, we talked about Hayden Christensen and, um, 
and why do I, Natalie Portman, I always struggle on Natalie Portman's name for some reason. Uh, she's the famous one. She works yeah. all the time, but, uh, she's but, won an Oscar. Yeah. We, we talked a lot about their acting in the last movie. Their, their acting's much better in this one. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't have fun watching this movie. I, it's like I still think I you like could. Cu- I still think you could cut forty minutes out of this movie and Easily. not not lose a lot. Uh, I, I the the Palpatine Yoda fight at the end. I don't know what any of that is or why it's there. It's already robbed of all dramatic tension in that we know that neither Palpatine nor Yoda can be killed in that fight. So right, uh, we yeah. know that it it's going to be a draw. And it's not even like a fun draw, <laughs> you know. Here's something that I think flies in the face of all of the criticisms of George Lucas with this movie. But my favorite scene in the whole movie is when Palpatine and Anakin are watching the weird space jellyfish opera. And he tells them the tale of Darth Plagueis. That's, That's pretty like good. the most interesting scene in the movie to me. That's a great scene. The, okay, so you're tapping into something that I do like I would love to to talk about, which is I think the biggest mistake made in the previous two movies that is the reason that this one really shines is you have Ian McDermott, who is like he's you know, I it's just a fantastic addition to these movies. He's mm-hmm. great. He has, you know, to paraphrase the guy who who dies in the first movie, uh, Ian McDermott has a particular set of skills, and that is uh, being really fucking evil and creepy. And he's the best at it. And you spent two movies being cute about whether he was evil or not. And the second you just like looked at him and went, go, like now is the time. This movie works so much better. Like, and I, I felt that like watching this of like, this is what this should have been. Because I think the failing coming into this movie is they're telling us that Palpatine and Anakin have a special relationship and they're close, but we never really saw that in the previous yeah. movies. And I think, I think if the opening of this movie had been in a previous movie, it would have been great of like, we have the dramatic irony as the audience of knowing that he's the emperor and he is arranging it. He's kidnapped himself. Uh, he's sitting in his like, and I fucking love that shot of like, he's sitting in the throne and we know what that means. Like we've seen this before, but the context is different again. Like this is honestly, I might, it might be one of my, like, I don't know if it's my favorite part of this movie, but it was like, I didn't really remember going in and watching it. I was like, this is actually really brilliant of like, we were looking at the emperor from the original trilogy sitting in a throne exactly like he does in those movies, but he's bound by the wrists and he's pretending to be helpless so that he can convince Anakin to behead his like, he's basically doing a version of, you know, Hey Luke kill Darth Vader and become my apprentice, but doing it in a way that Anakin doesn't know what's happening and is just falling for it. And that's great. Like if we could have seen, this is what Palpatine was like before he became a creepy lightning, like melted face man. Like he used to be more charming and then he just went full crazy. Like, I think that that's a prequel trilogy. Like, 
just three movies of us knowing exactly who he is and him being creepy at every turn, but like just charming enough to survive. Like would have been way more excited for that. And and I think one of our big complaints from the previous movies is that they don't really have a protagonist or like nope. a, but like this is kind of Palpatine's movie. Yeah, it's Palpatine's but everyone has such a clearer vision. I think I think the biggest flaw in this movie is because the other two movies were such a waste of time that they're trying to rush everything and everything is way too condensed and doesn't land as big as it can. If if everything that happened in this movie was earned in the previous movies, it would all be working better. But like, yeah, it's finally time for Palpatine to rise to power. It's time for uh, Anakin's turn to happen. And on top of that, uh, Obi-Wan, who, again, we talked about in the last movie, spends that whole movie just wandering around doing stuff you know like he he, does the same thing in this movie too. but in this movie you have hey it's time to kill anakin like you know that dude that you like that you've been training this whole time that you're apprentice you gotta murder him like that's great that's the best art and i it's always worked for me i absolutely love the end fight which also i will say disclaimer goes on longer and is dumber than i remembered but when you get to that point uh when he has the higher ground and he's looking down at anakin and pleading with him not to attack him and anakin is too stupid not to do it and jumps at him and he has to just completely like slice his legs off slice his arm off like leave him in a pool of lava on fire and like, and is sad about it. And is like, you were the chosen one and has like tears in his eyes. That's a great moment. I hated that. I hated every second of it. <laughs> I, I thought it was dumb. I thought it was cheesy. Like Anakin could have run to the right or oh. run to the left. <laughs> and they've clearly established if you're t- taking these movies as, you know, canonical, which of course you have to, mm-hmm. um, that having the high ground is meaningless because Darth Maul had a much more advantageous high ground <laughs> than, than Obi-Wan ever had on the banks of the lava river on Mustafar. And, <laughs> and you know, Obi-Wan jumped clean over him by doing a, a really strong pull-up. Well, but Anakin's not to... as Anakin's not as good. But he is as good. That's the thing. He's <laughs> supposed to be better. Like it's like they keep referring to the fact that he's like better at all the. Oh, I hated it. It was, and then like his friend is like cut in half and dying, and Obi Wan just fucks off. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there, there's a problem there. Uh, there's a lot of the end of the movie really suffers from a well this is what needs to happen to set up for episode four because the the thing that I rolled my eyes at them most was after that dumb fight with Yoda and Palpatine the fact that Yoda like basically to the camera like looks at us the audience and goes like failed I have must go to Dagobah I will into fo- exile I must go until Luke shows up wink wink like like the amount there's also these the whole trilogy really suffers from just the most basic of screenwriting sins which is you know you're supposed to show not tell like characters are constantly just telling us things um we only know that like 
uh, Anakin and Padme love each other because they tell us like repeatedly, you know? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I hate this movie a lot, like, a lot, a lot. <laughs> well, this it's is better a- than it's better than attack of the clones by a country mile. Yeah. Well, I think this make this creates an interesting scenario. We haven't had this before because like I said, I, I can find a lot of silver linings in this, uh, I can too. There's there there's a lot there is there are a lot of things to like about this movie. I will give it that, but man, I hate this movie. Like, I, oh god, I hate it. It's so much. Like go, you know what? I'm gonna give you room because we're we've got time. Just give me one more. What what's something that really pisses you off about this movie? Um General Grievous. What like, about him? Why the hell is he just showing up now? And why do why should we care that he's a big deal? Dude, like, wh- I, it's funny again. Ah. Like, I didn't I didn't know that I was gonna be the the voice of hope in this movie. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I I'm with you on why is he showing up now? And I think that's a huge problem in these movies. And uh, like, don't Count Dooku sucks. Like he's yeah, nothing. He's, he's nothing as a villain, and he's a waste of the second movie. And you you have this problem where you create Darth Maul, who's great. And then you get rid of him in the first movie and then you uh, create Grievous, who I really think is an interesting character. I like I, the way he I looks. I think he's interesting too. I like his, yeah. I, I, all of that. Yes. I thought yeah. like the lightsaber stuff was cool. Like he's, but the coughing, eh. Well, yeah, um, but I mean, but he looks cool. Like he's got a yeah. great design. He's got a cool voice. A cool I, I, I immediately understand his thing. You know, like I have all these lightsabers from Jedi that I've killed. You know, like I, I get who he is and what his deal is. I'm with you that like, where has he been this whole time? Like you're. And if he's he, if he's the leader of the droid army, why is he just showing up in the opening crawl? I mean, granted, like he was in this. Clone War series, and he was in some of the other animated stuff. But that's all but like, retconning. Like that's after the fact, filling in the gaps. You know, which I also I wonder because yeah. I've been like, I found it really interesting. You know, because I'm still I haven't seen the Clone Wars. I'm on like season two of it, but like I'm almost on re- season one. But I'm really wondering about this thing that's established in this movie that uh, it's made very clear by Grievous that he has never met Anakin before this battle in the beginning of uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. So I'm really curious, like <laughs> that, that feels like for multiple seasons of Clone Wars that that might take some doing to make sure that they never meet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that some of the later seasons of Clone Wars have just read about it a little bit. They get like really focused on like really narrow stories. Yeah. And that's probably how they do it. And they, instead of doing sort of like, it's a lot more like multi-episode arcs, I think, later on instead of like little snippets. Yeah, and I'm already kind of at that point in season two. But I, because I, I noticed that the, because Grievous shows up in an episode, but I was like, I guess Anakin isn't in the battle against it. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I really had to think about that of like, have they seen each other? But anyway, that is a tangent for a different podcast. Yeah, called, that's something else. Called so, like, Nitpicking that- the Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Debuting in April 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um so I I I just like there's just so much evidence that they this this movie I think really drives the point home that they they told the wrong story. Oh yeah, no, this movie I I think what maybe you're getting at or maybe you disagree, but uh like for me this movie stumbled onto what's interesting about the prequels but did it way too late. 
Like it finally yes. started figuring out what would have been good to focus on, but didn't have any found. It's funny too, because like, I feel like everyone really shits on the new trilogy for that problem, which is a problem in those movies of like, they had no clear plan. Like they didn't really, they were just kind of winging it from movie to movie. And it's like, that's actually kind of always been the thing in star Wars. <laughs> like, Lucas because never had a plan. The original trilogy didn't have a plan. It just did a good job of not making you realize that it didn't have a plan. And you could argue that by the time they made Empire, they kind of knew where they were going to end up. In some ways, but in Empire, they doubled down on Luke and Leia making out and then decided... In the beginning and then in the end, they, were, they hint that they're siblings. So, like, what does yeah. figuring out really mean, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um... So another like I think I think Anakin's turn to the dark side is incredibly lame and unearned. It well Anakin okay let, let's talk about this. Anakin as a character is a failure in the this series. I think that that yes. is completely fair to say and I have a complete disconnect. Like my nostalgia, my childhood causes me to like click into the fact of when you Darth Vader is on the screen, it lights up a part of my brain that makes me very excited to see Darth Vader doing things. And that happens in this movie, but this movie is actually a perfect distillation of the problem with Anakin in that Darth Vader shows up, which is come on. We watch these three movies to see Darth Vader put on the, the suit for the first time. And it's really great at first and then immediately undercut by that stupid no no yeah was <laughs> like is that's the problem is that like darth vader is on screen that yippee i'm really psyched about that oh but darth vader inside that costume is still anakin who's not a good character so like you yeah. you really see that like there this movie doesn't make you excited for the turn it doesn't like it none of it makes sense like i feel like they were almost onto something with like you were born into nothing you watched your mom die you're really afraid of seeing your wife die because you've been having these visions and so you would do anything to save her including you know to to your favorite scene like you know some creepy wrinkle man with lightning powers tells you like hey i can keep people alive uh, and like you're all in, but like what doesn't make sense is like, I can almost track with that, but again, it's all rust and it's all sloppy, but then like he turns on Padme really quickly and it's like, weren't you like, doing really this quickly. for her? Like, I thought that was the thing. I honestly, from day one, they really should have been like creating some kind of not a love triangle because I don't think that Obi-Wan should have ever been in love with Padme, but I think that Anakin should have been afraid of that yeah i think like there there's a lot more that there could have been done and like darth vader is iconic you know there's no, no other way to put it like from his look from his voice the the music that everyone thinks shows up in a new hope but doesn't show up till empire yeah um <laughs> which is a fun bit of the mandela effect um like all of that and then, like, he gets his name by wrinkle-faced laser fingers saying, Darth Vader. And that's it. That's how, he get, that's how he gets called Darth Vader. 
I mean, that is par for the course in this movie. Like, because we oh, also, yeah. in the end, get, uh, I'm going to name this one Luke. I'm going to name this one Leia. I'm dying of sadness now. Which, yeah, what? so dumb. What? Also, like, I mean, it wouldn't have made anything better, but, like, you know, so you, you're you ignoring, like, so there's the whole thing that's always bothered me, and I know a million people have mentioned this, of, like, Luke asks Leia in Return of the Jedi what she remembers of her mother, and she says glimpses, which makes zero sense based on, like, what we're seeing. But what if, like... I mean, we know that, like, this is a world where people can record hologram messages and put them in droids. What if she died in this movie, but, like, recorded a bunch of stuff for, like, Leia to see growing up? And maybe she did it for Luke, too, but for some reason, Luke's is destroyed or something, you know? But, like, give her more to do. Like, give her more agency. You you made her this badass in the previous movies, and then she just, like gets knocked over by Anakin once and is just like, I'm going to die of sadness now. Like that's Poochie level. He went back to his own. Oh, 100%. Planet. Like, and like the little, like the argument that the, the sort the lightsaber fight is badass. Like top two or three in the whole series, which the Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. Yeah. Which is great. Which it makes it all the funnier to, Think about the fact that these are the two same characters that we watch fight in A New Hope, and <laughs> and they're just slowly poking at each other. Time has ravaged both of them. Clearly, yeah, it's 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 like another uh, Randy the Ram versus the Sultan or the, <laughs> the Ayatollah, whatever his name was. Which also the Ayatollah. How do you um, feel about Mustafar? Because, like I said, I think you're you're more look. Mustafar is ridiculous, but I think it's properly ridiculous because, like, I mean, George oh yeah, hundred percent. Lucas already created a, a snow planet. Like he, he's super into the idea of like a planet is just one thing, and a lava planet to have this final battle is a great idea. Oh yeah, I think that's great. I think like the backdrop was great. Like I think them fighting on the platforms was really cool. Like they were flying over the things. Um, you know, there's it was image wise, it was cool. Like how fast it was. Um, one scene I did think was great in the movie is like right after like Anakin turns and he gets sent to Mustafar. Um, and then like, he just like kills the, the, uh, the Nemoidians like Newt Gunray and stuff. Like, I thought that was awesome. No, that seems great. No, the, like the, again, every scene where he's evil works, like that's the, that's clearly Hayden Christensen's wheelhouse in this character. Like he actually plays the dark stuff better than he plays the, the like likable Anakin stuff. Yeah. Um, I also look, look order 66 fucking works for me too. Like when, yeah, wh- when they call it in and we just watch the clones immediately start turning on Jedis and gunning them down. Like that, that works pretty well, I think. And that's something that hits even harder when you watch the, uh, if you watch the clone wars, cause of how, well, like, yeah, you know, those characters, oil yeah. and stuff. So like, that's, that's kind of a cool thing. No, that didn't bother me. Um, yeah. I think maybe something a little more clever than order 66. Yeah. I mean, like they're like, all right, here are your first 65 orders. Now on to order 67. <laughs> it's a 13th floor situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I, there's so much in this movie that just didn't work for me. And I think it over, I think it 
it grossly overstates the stuff that did work for me. Yeah, like I said, I think it's just my bar was so low and I did not enjoy the first two so much that like I just I don't know. I mean, maybe you feel differently, but I felt like George Lucas was more excited to be making this movie than the previous I think so two too. movies. I agree with that. I think that he tried a little harder. Um, and I think that he sort of realized the corner that he'd painted himself into and painted that corner as well as he could. But because that corner was set up the way it was like it, I don't, I'm not even, I don't even think this is given everything. It's the best movie it could have been. Cause I still don't think even that's true. No, I no because there's some glaring problems in this movie for sure. But I think that it did some things really well. And while most of it was too rushed, like, I think it was the closest to being what this trilogy should have been all along. I still think the biggest problem, and you and I have talked about this a lot, is that I still feel like we're missing a movie. Like, you ended this at the most interesting point, and not, like, in a way and that's we just got good. A tiny bit of lip, yeah, and we had a, a tiny bit of lip service in Rogue One of Vader being Vader. Yeah. Yeah, like... And Rogue One does that where it's like it it ends right where A New Hope starts, you know, like it, it's the filling in like just that specific gap. But like, yeah, what were, you know, how old is Luke in the first movie? He's like a teenager. 17. 17. What were those 17 years? Those are what's interesting. You've got, uh, you know, Obi-Wan. I, I've always joked I'd love to see a Disney Plus uh, series that's just like sort of like baby's day out or like a Mr. Magoo cartoon. That's just Obi-Wan from a distance has to keep baby Luke alive without him knowing. Like he's just constantly stumbling into danger and there's a crazy old man in the shadows and we just see him age rapidly like every year that he has to keep Luke alive. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, that is the Obi-Wan Disney plus series. That's coming. I, that's my biggest dream is that's all I wanted to be. There is an Obi-Wan Disney plus. Yeah. Series and it's going to be Ewan McGregor. And I think Ewan McGregor is great at this role. And, and I'm, I'm excited for it. But the, like that to me is the show. It's just like, he's in the shadows, keeping Luke alive. We have, you know, Leia's childhood of like, what does she even know? And like, I also, a question that this really raises that was always there in the the original trilogy, but I think is more glaring now because of how dismissive they are in deciding it is like, does Luke have any resentment for the fact that like, I mean, uh, Senator Organa wastes no time in being like, we'll take the girl. I mean, we've always wanted a girl. We'll take her. I mean, the, the, the boy, I don't know, send him to some crap hole desert or whatever with like, you know, his <laughs> shitty step uncle to raise him on blue milk, but we will raise the girl in our palace. As, and She'll be... yeah, she will have all of the daughter of a Senator is a princess. So. <laughs> But like the the disparity between their lives and it's not explained other than like the oh, it's, a, the, it's a great expectation story that <laughs> kind of should have been told. But yeah, like does Luke get kind of salty about that after Jedi when he really has time to like think about it? I'm like, wait a second. Things have settled down. So that maybe that's why he started the Jedi school so quickly because he didn't <laughs> want to process. It. <laughs> like, no, I need to distract myself from the elephant in the room. <laughs> Um, and I will say as good as, as Ian McDiarmid is with, um, most of it, uh, when he's having his little standoff with Mace Windu on the edge of the window and he's like, no, no, 
now. Like it's so dumb. Well, but that see, that's where I'll defend him because I feel like as an actor, he's he's giving you a ten, and that's where George Lucas needed to rein it in. Of like, because maybe that would have been right in a different scene. Like that's the thing is he's 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 playing it in a way that he's going for it. And I think that the failure is George Lucas, who's watching that take and who's filming. It didn't go like, okay, that was great. Now let's do another take where we dial that down a bit. <laughs> like, right. You know, um, like, like that's, yeah, I, I don't put that stuff on actors. Cause like, that's your job is to, you try to play and it. Maybe a certain he did do those other takes and that's the one that George Lucas used. Exactly. Like, but yeah, Lucas is the one editing the film. So, so I put that more on him than, than Ian McDermott. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll concede that point. Um, it's just, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of it that like, just, it's so rushed. And like, I think the very not to like rebook the trilogy or anything like that, but I think the best version of this, of this story, like the absolute best version has you like almost siding with Anakin as he starts to turn. No, I think we needed to understand. I think, you know, then he's saying from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Oh my God. That is the worst. Honestly, that is my least favorite line and delivery of a line in the entire movie it, because it's so lazy and so forced. And even if it had just been as simple as like, no, it's the Jedi who it's the from my point of view, who talks like that? Like, what a weird choice for like that dialogue in that scene. Yeah. And no, from that, my point of view, this movie really could have had a lot of work done. Well, it's also, again, this is what I'm saying of like so much of these movies is saying that. Like you're the fact that you're writing a scene where, you know, Obi-Wan is saying the Sith are evil and and Anakin is responding from my don't have them literally have that conversation. Let us see that. Let us understand. Because and that's honestly my biggest complaint with the Mace Windu thing is that it doesn't make sense to me logically from what we've been presented, even in this movie. And it honestly, if you think about it too much, I actually think it undercuts the opening scene that I like, which is you make a big deal about Dooku is like defeated, but uh, Anakin beheads him anyway, because you know, Palpatine tells him to, why is Mace Windu so ready to kill Palpatine? That that theoretically is the line that divides Jedi from Sith. That's pretty much what every other movie has established. That's why in the original trilogy, Palpatine wants him to strike him down because then he would win. The, the idea of killing someone that you don't need to kill seems to be a Sith thing that like that's when you lose your like Jedi-ness. And, but, like, in this movie, we need Anakin to turn on Mace Windu. So Mace Windu is just going to murder Palpatine. And when he's called out for it, he's like, yeah, but we gotta. We gotta murder him. He's too dangerous to be kept alive. Like, why? <laughs> you gotta justify that more. Like, I or just even, you don't even have to justify it. Just stage that scene differently. And, like you know have because they kind of did this but like know that this is what you're doing have palpatine 
see Anakin coming and immediately like switch it off to be like, I'm a helpless old man. Like that it's, it just looks like he's being, you know, like abused by Mace Windu, but only because he's playing it up. Like, which is kind of what they do, but like lean into that and not Mace Windu isn't actually, yeah. Mace Windu isn't actually about to kill him, but Anakin thinks that he is. Cause I think that was a case. I think what ended up happening is that Lucas, it's the same problem. It's the the Han shot first problem. At some point, Lucas lost his nerve for having characters do evil things. Like, have Anakin kill Mace Windu because he's wrong about it. Yeah. Yeah. Another inconsistency between uh, the the main trilogy and the prequels is like they talk about how Anakin killed many Jedi. He killed a bunch of kids. <laughs> that doesn't that's funny though because it's like <laughs> that just makes it sound like over the years it, that's been built up like that's him doing pr as darth vader like he's he's really like no i killed a bunch of jet like grown men jedi. jedi so many jedi like mace windu and uh but he didn't kill mace windu no i know but he's, he's claiming that one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i killed him i killed uh uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, eventually. I mean, you know, I did I mean, it. You didn't even see where... But he said that Obi, he'd killed Obi-Wan. You know, he could have been telling people he killed Obi-Wan. Yeah, he's just claiming... He's claiming all of Before Obi-Wan was even dead. That's true. That's why it's really inconvenient he for Yoda. Him. Yeah, definitely killed Yoda. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I yeah. think Palpatine has a better body count by the end of this movie. Like, at least a more impressive one. Maybe not by numbers, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Palpatine kills Kit Fisto. Like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, well, again, I I think we were wrong. And maybe, who knows? I mean, the, the current state of Star Wars is such a mess that who knows what we'll get. But I still think there's a lot of room for another movie that's just about Darth Vader. That we, yeah, that it takes place in between episode three and episode four. Like, I think that would be a great movie that like could actually. It wouldn't like fix the prequels, but it would definitely like just give us what we always wanted with the prequels. You know, we there's still and we would all forgive it. Like we forgave it in Rogue One. It's not like you know yeah, Rogue One was a hurt. Movie adaptation of the opening credits scrawl from. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Which that, I don't know if that movie will ever come up on here because I think people like it more than I do, but I was not a particular fan of that movie except for, I, I can tell, here, here's a spoiler so that we never have to do that episode, which is the silver lining is the part where Darth Vader mows everyone down at the end. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the shortest episode ever. Um, <laughs> you didn't know you were going to get that in this episode. It's like a, a turducken of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, so here's, so, Episode one isn't a good movie. No. I'll I'll concede that. Nope. Um, but let's recap. So while we're doing it. So episode one is not a good movie, but our silver lining uh, was predominantly uh, the world the building. Star Wars. Yeah. And, and Duel of the Fates. I always want to give that. Yes, Duel of the Fates. Definitely. <laughs> uh, which still really works well, even in this movie. Like, just keep bringing that one back. Um, okay. But that's... So that's the first one. Yeah. Um... For episode two, hot pile so of garbage. Two, is episode two here? So here's to go back to what I was really saying. Episode one is a bad movie 
but I think you can peel it back and find a lot of things to like about it. Mm-hmm. I would it's agree. It's a bad with movie that. on the surface, but like you take that rind off, and there's there's a lot of good. Well, it's a bad, badly made movie, I think is the point, is that there's stuff that is interesting, but it's not presented as interesting or particularly well executed. But like objectively, there are things in it worth examining or watching. <laughs> yeah. Episode two is a bad movie that's just all bad. Like there's episode like we had a real... I was, Real stretch find. It was the costume design for Natalie Portman. Is that what we settled on? It was the costume design for Natalie Portman and uh, the purple lightsaber. Uh, and the purple lightsaber. The fact that Samuel L. Jackson in real life uh, got uh, George Lucas to give him a purple lightsaber. But no, I mean, episode two, there's only two things of note that happen in it, which are that uh, Padme and Anakin get married, which is important, but not well done in that movie. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the other thing is that they get a clone army, but again, not in any way. Like the clone army thing, literally could have been in a crawl. Like you could, as un- underwhelming as it actually is presented, you could have just told me that happened. Obi Wan went to a factory and ordered some clones. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's uh, you, you, yeah. In uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, you opening crawled the idea that the emperor is back to life. I think you can <laughs> opening yeah. crawl the order like you know Obi Wan went on Amazon and uh, clicked and clone army a bunch of clones <laughs> yeah. from Camino. Um, but I think with Episode Three, like I think at a quick glance, it seems like it's a good movie. But yeah. as, as soon as you start pulling at any of the threads just collapses into a pile of dog shit yeah no it's a good movie compared to the other two movies because it's again i think what what i'm saying and i don't like i think that's for me when we're saying that you you feel strongly about phantom menace and i understand that and maybe if i read the script for phantom menace i would feel that way but like just in terms of like what got George Lucas excited in like when he showed up to set every day, it's clearly this movie. He's clearly way more invested in making this one than he was in the previous two. It's still a mess and he still should have hired another writer to help him. But like, it's the best that he's capable of doing at that point of like movie making clearly. Is that our silver lining that this was the one that seems like George Lucas was happiest to make? I'm fine with that. Like, I take that as a silver lining. George Lucas yeah. seemed into it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Um, George Lucas seemed into it, and we got to see five seconds of Darth Vader. And, like, three of those seconds were good. <laughs> and then the other two. The it's water. not even, you know what? It's not even the full five seconds. Because as soon as he, like, breaks the arm restraints and does that weird walk. The, I, the Frankenstein thing. I really don't like that either. Uh, I, I like when the helmet goes on his head. When they close the mask. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. Like, that was first person view. That was cool. That was great. If it had been that and then we cut to somewhere else and then maybe we get one. Or just p- rolled credits. Oh, yeah, honestly. rolled, And then we made a whole another movie that was good. That was just Darth Vader. No, I mean, but honestly, yeah, you know, sorry, you like the other huge miscalculation is like, what if you had kept Padme alive and she has to like, she's not fully against Anakin yet until she sees him as Darth Vader. Like, why did you rob us of that? Of like, 
like you know James Earl Jones James Earl Jones robot man trying to convince her like I'm still the same guy like let's let's go on a picnic and then she's like no (laughs) would have been great you robbed us of Um, that yeah no there's it just comes down to the fact that the prequels told the wrong story. And mm-hmm. They they started they started themselves in a hole that they couldn't dig out of with the choices that they made. Do you think that they could just like? Because I'm trying to think the way it's presented. Padme could have faked her death, right? Sure. <laughs> if the emperor can come back from the dead, why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, look. The, the maybe this is a teaser for the next episode, but that was really tightly written. That explanation. So, tight like a drum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you can't try to poke a hole in that and you can't. Yeah, just, there's, what's, there's none. You know what's funny? Rewatching this movie and the fact that like, again, you pointed to it. You said it was perhaps your favorite moment is that this character, Palpatine, explains that he knows of a story of a Sith Lord who conquered death and that that movie can't be bothered to even remember that in its writing. <laughs> <laughs> like there's laziness of just not trying and then there's laziness of like one of these other movies had your answer buddy like you just had to watch it and then say (laughs) say what he said i feel a lot less bad about not wanting to look up who won the 99 best sound mixing oscar (laughs) (laughs) It, it was the matrix yeah, 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 there you go. It was a fun, yeah. If you, if anyone was wondering about that from the previous episode, it, it was the Matrix. Um, no, I think the silver lining. Yeah, I think I think it's the this. It showed George Lucas seemed excited about making this movie in a way that he didn't seem excited about making the other two. Yep, that's it. That and like I said, we we got to see a, a little bit of of Vader. It was, it was nice. Bit. It was, I'll, I'll I'll take all the Vader I can get. Like. Uh, that guy's yeah. good. He's a good he's, character. Well, yeah, he's a good character. Not good. Not like. No, he's, he's, I, I think he came in number one when AFI did like their best movie villains. I think he was number one. That makes sense. Also, man, we talked about it in previous episodes, but we haven't mentioned it here. So I, I just want to say once again. John Williams j- j- hits it out of the park. Like Always. It, it doesn't matter how good anything else is like how well they foreshadowed it how well they execute the turn the second you start playing the imperial march to foreshadow that he's going to become vader it it, that scene works so much better like it's still in spite of itself i feel something because of that music yeah 100 percent. so that's even slowed down and like yeah it's no that that's beautifully done like that that guy always brings it uh well we kind of so we here we are we finished the original trilogy. We made it. We did it. Uh, but there's still a little bit of time left in May. So we, we, we've talked about it. And would you like to tell the people our plan for next week? Uh, next week, we are going to talk about... Um, and I would even make the argument it is the least maligned of the four movies that we're talking about. Oh, um, yeah, it, it's... You know, we, we could look up the, those Rotten Tomatoes stats, you know, if we want... Eh. But if they're not going to look at the the script from the <laughs> prequel trilogy. Um no, uh we are going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker, the the closure of the trilogy. 
Yeah, so we're, you know, in case you're wondering why we're skipping past uh, the, you know, every all the other Star Wars. Again, I mean, the the idea of this show is that we're, we're looking at maligned movies, we're looking at movies that, uh, you know, are considered not good. And while, like, The Last Jedi is its own particular can of, uh, you know, Gamergate worms that we don't need to get into... Uh, I love that movie and think it did no wrong. And so, you know, if you want to hear me gush about that, there's a hobo radio podcast where I just talk about why it's brilliant. Uh, and force awakens, I think everyone kind of agreed was just, it's, it's fine. Like it's, it did what it needed to do. I don't think there's anyone singing the praises of, of, uh, the force awakens from a mountaintop is the best movie ever. But also no one's like, oh, I hate that movie so much. It's so terrible. Yeah. It's like, no, people are very middle of the road about it. Yeah. So that look forward to it. And we we will finally, our, our journey will be complete. Yes. Our, our journey to the dark side will be complete. And then we'll start talking about non-Star Wars movies after that, most likely. Yes. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll Next week we'll announce our plan uh for june so look forward to that yep (laughs) and remember keep it sleazy (laughs) there it is we found our sign off (laughs) i think that's it we should just try a different one every week and then we'll we'll eventually get there it's nerfer it's nothing (laughs) (laughs) all right Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. And we give our stamp of Curioso approval to the podcast that you're listening to right now. 